Can't handle the heat. Welcome back to another episode of Can't Handle the Heat. It's your boy G Swiss, joined by Joe Worsley. Sadly, we're not here but with Micah. And although Shano may not be able to join us this week, we're still doing the Shano news. It will still be a weekly. Shano's bailing on the boys. Shano is bailing on the boys. Um, drop an L in the chat for Shano. Just kidding. No, we love Shano. He'll be back. Uh, but let, with that, let's get into the latest, latest news with women's college volleyball. The largest, I mean, the largest crowd in NCAA volleyball history um, uh, happened this weekend with Creighton versus Nebraska. It was 15,700 and, wait, I have it right here. 15,707, uh, I believe, or 797, so almost 15,000, a lot, um, which is pretty crazy. I mean, I think, but That's I thought it'd be more. I thought it'd be more, though. Like, think about, like, oh, in, what in facility that college volleyball hosts would be able to host. And say finals. Don't they have, Where? like, I remember watching the videos last year, the, the final four, and that thing looked like it could host a lot more than, it's way bigger than the stand. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I In Nebraska? I I'm just saying, like, there's not a whole lot. It's not surprising mm-hmm. that it's not way more because, first of all, fan like attendance in general for volleyball matches and two facility wise there's not a whole lot of facilities out there that volleyball teams play in that can host that size of an event so let's say and then of course it's in nebraska like nebraska creighton i don't think i don't think it would be uh hard to guess that if it was a trivia question <laughs> that's true that is true but creighton but it was at creighton which is a shocker to me yeah, it but it's in omaha it's in omaha that's where Nebraska plays a lot of big matches. Oh, in that arena there. Creighton so. is a. I don't know my geography well when it comes to Creighton. Right down the, they're right down the freeway. I didn't know that. I didn't know highway. that. I don't know. What is it? Nebraska Highway or Freeway? I don't know. <laughs> we were there, though, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, on the next as well, let's get in the AVP a little here. Shout out to Try and Trevor winning their Chicago Open, the back final. Back to back. That's our third one of the summer, though, yeah. Third one of the summer. Back to back. No guarantee, though. Even though Try tried to get him to do it. They really? Beat his brother in the finals. Shano's, Shano's prediction still staying alive. That Taylor is not winning. That is true. And he can he gets Trevor try. I was sitting there waiting. They, they had match point. And I was like Trevor, and he literally said try and Trevor's gonna win. So although it didn't look like it was gonna happen at Shano at times. might not show up, but he doesn't know when he does. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he does. He does. That's why I have him on. Um, let's talk about some a couple of uh, notable losses this week. Um, is what that means there's also notable wins. Notable wins from half glass full or half. That's true. Glass empty. Okay, how about notable lot notable wins from teams that were unranked or so lowerly ranked? Notable, those are more notable wins. Notable wins notable and notable losses. losses. I mean, yeah. it depends where you look at it. Upset exactly. Or, Positive or negative. All right. With that being said, number twenty two UCLA loses versus I think got swept versus unranked LMU. And then you got it was a, a floor, uh, what's that? Georgia Tech, number eight, swept number 10 BYU, um, as well as USD, unranked to begin with, uh, beat Ohio State, and they beat Pitt, who were both number six and number eight, and now they're ranked after beating two top 10 opponents in the first, like, what, two in weeks? In one week? In wow. one week, yeah, the first two weeks here. Unranked, beating two top. Yeah, yeah. And let's get into our last segment of Shano News here. Let's talk about um, uh, let's talk about the World Championships. Joe, you want to give a quick breakdown of the World Championships really quick? Well, yeah, by the time this, I guess, 
still by the time this comes out, we're into the semifinals. Um, some huge matchups, obviously powerhouses. We got Brazil, Poland on one side, and on the other side we have Slovenia playing Italy. Um, a lot of youth on both sides. Everybody was questioning, or who, those who were paying attention. Slovenia youth. And those who were paying attention. Uh, Poland beating U.S. in a five set earlier in front of sold out arena in Poland. Obviously, Poland, Slovenia, the host countries. Um, so that being a huge advantage, Poland's the greatest volleyball fan base in the entire world in terms of from volleyball. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Brazilian fans will try to argue against that, but if everything you see, everything you hear, and and also put them playing in there, I I think obviously Mike played there last year. I played. At Zaxa and Champions League, had a big match there. Um, have you played in Poland yet? No. So, yeah, for us, like, an experience, Mike playing a whole season in Poland. The fan, the, people don't understand in Poland, there is weekly, like, major TV shows about the volleyball. Like, if you were to compare sport. it to a TV you're show in America. You're, like, you're, it's a traditional, like, sports in Poland. Like a, like a Jimmy Fallon type kind of thing? Yes, yeah. show, well, show, not, that's a night show. Right, but what are the big shows? I'm talking about like you go on Sports Center and it's like they have, like, Monday Night Football, like a talk, like like that. That's they have shows like that for volleyball in Bundesliga and yeah, the the anywhere you go, all the major companies are using the volleyball players as their, um, as their uh, athletes and sponsors. Yeah, so. Poland, young team, relatively, especially. So there's people talking about how are they going to handle playing USA in such a big stage with all the youth they had on the floor. Um, they came out 2-0, uh, went up 2-0. U.S. comes back the next two sets, ties it up at 2-2. And the fifth set, you could see the crowd just really ramp it up a notch and, and the Polish team in general. How many were there? It Fans. was... <laughs> Fifteen thousand something. I'm pretty sure. Fifteen thousand seven hundred ninety-seven. I'm sure we're gonna get corrected here by somebody in the chat or somebody in the com- L in the chat for us. Drop the exact number down below. I didn't see a file. I don't. I didn't see an exact number come out. Usually, I see that stuff come out on a few different media pages. I haven't seen that come out. Um, it was sold out though, and it's been sold out for a while. So them coming in Italy with a lot of youth on the floor, taking down the Olympic champions uh, in five again. Huge win for them. Um, again, a lot of youth on the floor for them. Um, Miki Leto, uh, Lanza, and, every, and all those guys um, really stepping up. Uh, and so if you haven't had a chance to check these teams out, some really high-level young players stepping up and being key roles for their teams. Slovenia had you know, Ukraine being up 14-12 in both of the later, later sets, uh, losing in four to Slovenia. That would have been sweet. Uh, Putnitsky playing unreal match uh Oliplot Nitsky I know for a lot of it's for a lot of American people they they don't hear a lot of these names too often and I highly recommend if you're looking for uh if you were looking for high high level volleyball and you want to like these athletes right now participating in world championships um they're young uh but the skill and the level, the level of the serving is just incredible right now at the international level. And going and watching how teams handle the service pressure, how teams uh, uh, deal service pressure and everything, it's like it's just a whole other level of volleyball. And so 
I recommend you have semifinals. You have the finals this weekend. If you haven't watched a whole lot of volleyball, go watch these teams play. It's pretty gnarly. And then Brazil haven't missed a world championship final in three or four years now, or three or four sorry uh, quads now. And so what it's, it's been Poland. It's always been Poland, Brazil, but now they're meeting the semis. And so Brazil hasn't had a great summer. Um, they find a way though, huh? They always do. Brazil's always people. It's so funny. People who like are young into the international volleyball, like, like in terms of, like watching it. They'll watch Brazil, and then they'll always people always bet against Brazil. It's like if you've been paying attention to volleyball enough, you know major competitions, and especially if they've had a really poor performance the competition before, they always respond well. And they haven't played great this tournament, but like you said, they just find ways to. If they had a good draw, though. Yeah, I mean that, but that comes with your world ranking, and the position that you're in. So, Brazil also Brazil Poland, uh, in Katowice Poland. Um, and then Slovenia, Italy, um, same thing on the semis. Finals Sunday night, bronze medal match right before. It's gonna be a sweet, sweet weekend of volleyball. Um, unfortunate for the U.S. They uh, they played a hell of a game. They did. They just you know there's we people always ask like oh like they want an analysis and stuff. Just sets where they were giving up too many easy points. It's like when it's two point sets like that every single time, two three point sets. You know, floats or short balls, just not almost being ready for those and allowing easy stuff to fall through. That stuff always come, always come back to haunt you. You don't think about it in the moment when it's like, oh, it's kind of a, of a difference. But then you get to the end of set, you're like, you lose by two or three points. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Those three points there, like you clean that up. Not the other. It's the same. Poland did a really good job dealing with those. Like, I mean, they they had their own issues, but. There wasn't a whole lot of just easy stuff that was slipping by, and that's the difference usually of top level teams. Like, margins are so small at that level, and you you saw it on display holy in the quarterfinals, Poland USA. Yeah, I will say though, although it was kind of on both sides too, to be honest. Like they they wouldn't met. Like, out of system setting again, dude. Like, I think USA did a good job at out of system setting. I don't think Poland did. Poland didn't do. USA had some gnarly sets. They had some really really nice sets. There's a lot of balls still three meter line. Three meter line, like, and they dealt with it. They, I think they USA got did big well. physical guys. No, no, I'm, they did much better than Poland. Poland was all over the place with it, and you heard their coach Gerbich talking about. It. He's like, "We were hitting balls at two meters. Now we're setting a little bit over. That's fine." But usually, Poland, all those guys are known uh, for being extremely strong on the first and second contact. So, but Poland served like the other day. We talked about a lot. Like their service pressure just got to the U.S. Everything was over at, for America. The biggest man. moments when they needed it. You, Poland's serve came through. I think it was over like 71 miles an hour. Like each serve. Imagine that. That's, that's fast for those of you who don't don't really know like miles per hour in serves. It was very fast. Like a really good serve was like I would say 68. So everything being over 71 miles an hour in Poland from some of the top players in the world, not easy. Not easy. And you saw it helped them in the long run. Um... But with that being said, USA played a heck of a match. Playing in Poland's not easy. If you're a younger player, make sure you go and watch what a lot of these players are going to do, what they're Semis doing. Semis and finals this weekend. Go watch. Go watch. Go watch. You watch some of the best, the best volleyball in the world um, before you're going to miss a whole year of it, except if you watch professional, which we highly recommend. But with that being said, thank you for Shano, for Shano News. And as the boys with Shano News, welcome back to Can't Handle the Heat. 
with the latest on the World Championships. Let's get into it, Joe. My favorite segment, Overseas Shiza. Brought to you by Dr. Price Electrolytes Autism for 20% off. Link in the bio. Joey? And the company of Germany. The company, the country of Germany. And the country of Germany. <laughs> the Overseas Shiza. The, uh, yeah, the, I don't know, this is my fourth season now going, playing overseas, going on to my fourth season. All four are going to be in Germany. Different parts, though, and I'll be honest, it's been very different experiences going from my first years to the second two years, just in terms of, like, the club, uh, the mindset of, the, uh, of from the top, top down, um, all the way from the top of, like, the president and everything down through the players. And so this year we're on a team is uh, very young. For anybody who hasn't followed along, we have four Americans, three Canadians, uh, so seven of the 12 are North Americans, which is also our coach, coach with the Canadian national team. So um, this is definitely the most uh, North American heavy. I, I don't know if there's any team that's ever in the history of European club volleyball that's been this uh, lopsided in terms of like North Americans. And so I, uh, I've i played with my first year, or was it second year for soccer? One of the years we had... Um, we had a uh, player from every single continent of the world except uh, Asia. Who's in Africa? And Africa. So I guess only five. Antarctica? We had an Antarctica player. <laughs> <laughs> we had, but we, we had players from literally all over. We were like looking at it. it you had all you. Over the world. You had South Everywhere. American. Who's your South? You had Brazilian? Who's our South American? Was he Cuban? Didn't you have a Cuban? Did you have a Cuban or South American? We had a Cuban. We had a South. We had a South American too. If I try to think about this, we're gonna be sitting here in silence for a little bit. I'm really bad with that type of stuff, remembering names. Um, don't feel bad, whoever that is. But yeah, I I would say one of the biggest things for me, you know, coming into Germany, it was my first time to Europe. Period. The first time to Germany. You know, there was my first year because going through college, basically like everybody's under 21 and all this and you know like nowadays now we're old enough we're of age and we go out we'll have you know a couple drinks uh hang out with groups of people and enjoy dinner and stuff and that's also very european thing but after matches it's always a pretty important thing you know i hear a lot of people in europe specifically talk about this is teams that do stuff together off the court Mm -hmm. and they're way more united off the court um you usually see that that translates to a little bit of more camaraderie in the locker room and on the court. So I don't know like that there I've been on I've been on both teams now here in Europe where it's like you don't hang out outside the court, you don't really do a whole lot and the guys are on their own. But also I've been on teams where everybody kind of does stuff together and I'm we're on a team this year where literally every, we're a young team, a lot of young guys. A lot of guys just just came out of college, which is a huge one. And so they have that college mindset. Um over here in Europe, it's pretty big. Like you go after games, you go out to dinner, you go out and you have you know uh, a couple drinks with your teammates and just hang out, talk, and meet, go see some live music. But coaches come with you. That was always the biggest thing for yeah. me in Europe, over overseas. And that, that was like one of my first trips. We go and our coaches. Uh, when I was down uh, my first year, and the coaches, all right, where are we going? I'm like, where are we going? I'm like, what do you mean, where are we going? You're not. <laughs> You're not. But but it's just like part of the culture for me. That was always really funny, uh, and so that was a big difference for me. Um, I remember, I, had, I remember we were at uh, we were at a, we were 
playing friendly against the, I'm not going to say the name, but we were in a friendly uh, this past weekend. And I remember we were, we all went out with the guys, because we knew a lot of guys in Groningen. I remember going out, I remember in that Swiss like, club or and dancing, dancing. Someone accidentally nudged me to the right. And it was like, this guy's like the administration for the other club. I was like, hey, yo. <laughs> like, was it like that? Yeah, it's no, so different. It's just stuff that in the U.S. doesn't happen. Like, you're not, even in professional sports in the U.S., you don't hear a whole lot about coaches or no. anything. But in Europe, it's like everybody together all the time. And it's not weird at all. Like, you get used to it. Your physio, your athletic trainers and everything. That was another thing for me. You know, some clubs definitely have this. But all, there's a lot of clubs that don't. Uh, having an athletic trainer on site before practice and at practice. Most clubs, mo- I would say, I would think, um, besides probably Poland and maybe even Italy, I heard not all the time there, having an athletic trainer on site, you don't have one. Uh, and that's really strange. Coming from the U.S. where you have three or four athletic trainers working with you constantly and you have full access to that all day um, of the and the entire year. So that's, for me, that was always really weird. And I was just like, found that really strange uh and that's just another kind of europe the overseas shies that it's like strange uh concept to you so you're really in charge of like taking care of your own body and maintaining that and getting yourself ready for everything um like, like if you get hurt it's like the team scout who's gonna go yeah you know give you uh, it, i, I was taping this. somebody two weeks ago me my mom's athletic trainer stuff and so i had a general idea but they asked oh joe we need you to tape uh so what happens? Let's say okay. Let's say you go down with a really bad injury. They call it like the ambulance or something. No, they'll send they'll, somebody. Will drive you to a physio or something. Our physio lives forty minutes away. He has an office in town, like right by us. But if we needed him, he most likely is at home, <laughs> living off on a farm with his goats. <laughs> that's where we'd have to go. So that's just yeah. It's just part of something you have to get used to over here. Um, I always found that strange coming from the U.S. Um, I had a doctor my first two years in Phoenix, and every single time I'd go in for an appointment, it was like whether it was taking blood or they check stuff or just general checkups. He'd always try to convince me to do plastic surgery. Every single what time. kind of plastic surgery? Uh, anything. He's like anything you want. He's like, but he was like such a he. he that was his main thing doing plastic surgery. Was he just like nitpick at you? Like, oh, you could use a little no, bit. No, no, no. He never like he never recommended certain. But he's like, oh, like you tell me and I give you free plastic surgery, free. Anything. Was he like Botoxed up yeah, and oh, everything? Yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. And that was for me. <laughs> I never ever done. I don't even know if you're allowed to do that in the U.S. Try to convince him. Oh, convince someone? No, but obviously you can get it. But but he, yeah, I'm not even sure if he was fully certified. Just couldn't even open his mouth. But that was. First doctor I worked with, he was just trying to convince me to do plastic surgery. <laughs> He's like, like, all right, going to check out your ankle. Go, when I go in my head open. Our, our big German middle oh cracked my head open. Did he say he did? And he was like, oh, you will. He, then he told me, you need plastic surgery because it was the one time where he could try to for, like push it. I'm like, no, I don't. Didn't get it. Everything was fine. You don't even see the scar anymore. But yeah, team doctor trying to convince me to do plastic surgery. Stem cells. Stem uh, yeah. Have you heard about that? The crazy stem cell stuff? Like they had like the, the, I remember they have like a spray kind of. I got stem cells in me, but they put they have like a, a there was like a burn victim, and they had the like stem cell gun and they sprayed it all and it was gone after the scars were gone after like three months, unbelievable. Yeah, I hate anybody that knows me knows I hate needles, hate blood. I'm with you on that. That's one. not my stuff. Blood is for me. Needles are okay. Blood Blood's not okay. Blood's not for me. The, uh, you know, another aspect of 
obviously being in Europe for me and kind of adding on to what I talked about earlier, when we do, we go out and do stuff as a team. We go, we travel cool places. And there'll be nights where it's like late at night and I'm just walking through like, let's say like Munich or, you know, you're in Berlin or wherever you are. Like we were in Barcelona a couple of years ago with some friends. Like you're just walking through these crazy cool cities at night with like some of your best friends and you're like, what the heck am I doing right now? That, that to <laughs> me is always the craziest thing. What am I doing right now? Just walking through like these places you see on TV and in movies and stuff and you're walking there. Just, that to me is always the craziest thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's always like when it's night, when it's later on, you're just kind of strolling. You're like, where the hell? What the heck am I doing right now? It's crazy, like, because like, you think of it, like, you're getting paid for this. And other people, yeah. like, well, like, when they're on vacation, they're like, oh, my God, I want to go back. For us, it's just, like, a we normal day. We <laughs> travel, stay in these super nice hotels. We were in, like, Trento, Trentino, Italy, like, in this beautiful, in the mountains in Italy, in this dope hotel. And I literally walk out, and I'm, like, I have a patio there, and I'm overlooking the mountains on a river there. And we're there to play a match. Like, people travel here, like, they save up their entire life to go on trips here. And I'm so just, like... Odd. There for two nights, stay, eat dank Italian food. We had in Italy, Modena, they uh, they treated us uh, after we uh, had an exhibition match with them. They treated us to, uh, I think it was Modena. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. Um, we played Modena. I don't know if it was that night. I'm pretty sure. But we uh, it was basically the Brazilian steakhouse version of pizza. Any oh possible pizza God. you can imagine. They're just coming out on trays, and they just walk around. You have a... You have a um, card green and red card so it was green light all night and you're just trying the best pizza it was so that's what i'm talking about you just go to these places and have this amazing we were in belgium we, had, we literally had a hotel for champions league it was like they had this person downstairs like a chef just making belgian waffles fresh belgian waffles we'd walk down what's the difference between like a belgian waffle and a waffle can you the t- taste the difference I've, like so if you give you egg a waffle versus good. a belgian waffle hey, obviously way better i don't know what the but no, no, but I'm saying, can you taste the difference? Yeah, an okay. egg waffle. All right, but like, uh, all right, nicer than that one. But like a nice waffle versus like a Belgian waffle. Yeah, you okay. definitely can taste. Crunchier, the softer inside. I I don't even fully remember, but they were unbelievable. I will say that. Pretty, pretty next level. The uh, and the other one we talked about this on the podcast. Luckily, on the guy side, I haven't seen anything like this. Maybe, maybe you have like a shirtless shoot, but. Clubs over here making the women's teams mm-hmm. do lingerie shoots. I heard there was one club that made them uh, do, be prostitutes, and they would sell them to. Um, I think it's the same t- team that did the calendar. They, in France. Yeah, no yeah. No dude, way. I swear to God, uh, our friend would tell me this. All right, maybe not in France, but there is a club. There's no way. That was selling. Uh, no, we have to do further slu- research no, on this. There was before. a club. There was a club that was selling. Uh, the players to like basically pu- basically pushing them and kind of forcing or peer pressuring them into um with with the sponsors uh, sleeping with the sponsors. I swear to God, My, our friend was just telling us this, and because because they had do, players that were there. If you they know about this, there. we need to do some further research about that because that's a big claim, dude. It's but think about it. I mean, from all the stuff we hear, it's crazy. I mean, that's just normal. You know what I'm saying? I've never heard that, but if you say so. I mean, think. I mean, I feel like it'd be. I don't know, cause they said they had players there that, that kind of got pushed to do that. Cause there's a lingerie photo shoot that people have had to take, and then you got to in the contract. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I'd be open to it. I'd be down, but it's different between a guy and a girl. And I get that. There's no between a guy and a girl. 
And for me, would you if they said, "Hey, Joe"? Well, it's different if you want to do it or if you don't want to do it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If you want to do it, then don't do it. Would you do it if if Lunaberg was like, "No, all right, let's do a speedo shoot"? For what? For There's the content. making money off of you. So you wouldn't do it. It was not because you're in a speedo. More, it's because more, more so more. business idea. Yeah. If you were to get some profit off it, would you do it? They, what is in your contract to be like you get basically what? Yeah, there's things that frustrate me about contracts, especially in the sport of volleyball. That obviously traditional American sports they have like locked up. It's like they look at all the assets and everything has a value. It's like when you do this it's, in volleyball, so much it's like oh, you just everything is part of it, and it's like eh, not really. But do you, no, continue, continue. Like we do stuff working in the like when there's working events and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. in the U.S. Even for us, you know, we're, like, good ballplayers and stuff, but we don't have, like, you know, Olympic medals and stuff. But we show up, and it's, like, people, there's always, like, a cost for that to do stuff. But do you think we carry as much weight as these, like, other professional players? You're talking about in Europe? Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm saying in your contract, ev- like, it's not mm. everything needs to have, like, broken down more so. It's, like, it, and maybe that's more so, like, just us being better in putting together our contracts and stuff, but in general, like having everything encompassed under that contract, I feel like at times like it needs to be more specified in terms of like what you're doing and doing like a con like a calendar shoot and stuff. Like every you should be there should be like residuals coming or some kickback from like every like sale at least. If they're using your image, it's the same like name, image, likeness. College is making all this money off. It's like yeah, you're paying. At the end of the day, I feel like most of the time, teams are paying you to win matches. That's how they receive money from sponsors. But better you do, more money they're going to get at the end of the day. And so that's, at the end of the day, really what they're paying you for in professional sports. That's what I believe, at least. To entertain and to win. Um, and the entertainment is that you're winning. And so all the other stuff, like, I don't know. I think we should be more further negotiated at times in terms of, like, what, especially that. Like, where they're using your body, basically, you should be... If you're having to do that for whatever, um, then you should be seeing it. And I, I don't know. That might be a little controversial. 100%. Maybe, but that's how I... No, no, no. I think, I think it's more probably more laissez-faire. Maybe if you go higher up the chain, I don't know. If you're like one of the top, top players, you get yeah. stuff in your contract like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Exactly. If you're in the media, the more like you do us, it, the more you have room for negotiation. 100%. 100%. 100%. Is that it for overseas Shiza? That's what, yeah. For this week. That's what you, I would say that's our most, we've had comedic, but that's probably the most educational overseas size that we've had. Education. That's usually what I go for. I have crazy, but Joe, you've been in this for four years. You're going to have crazy stories as this thing goes on. No, I mean, I have crazy stories. Do you have the balls to say it's a real question? But there's some stuff that happens that you're like. Well, there's just stuff that doesn't like fit our brand. There's, there's like ridiculous, we might have to create like a. We, I just feel if we one. just don't say the names of the people. Yeah, but you can't. Say, it's stuff that you usually can't talk about. That's true. I think that's where I get in trouble sometimes. <laughs> the, the line is kind of pushed up real high for me or it's blurred. Speaking of that, so let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's do a little recap or uh, reevaluation of our last podcast. So our last podcast, where we talked about talked about BYU. We talked about the fan um, cursing, saying racial slurs to the Duke player. When we posted that, I remember we posted that. We shot it on like Thursday. It came out like when we posted it that 
there's a possibility that it was fake. And then, obviously, in the comments, it got roasted and all that stuff and all this other stuff. Now, there's no... Basically, what came out, came out is there's no evidence proving because they're like, out of all... No fans. It's a hearsay kind of thing. Hearsay, they say that. And then, apparently, um, apparently, what's called, the godmother who posted also running for a government position, and she's known to put racist tweets out there. I'm not saying that, like... That automatic. I, I don't know. I don't know. What the, take it for what. You, take it for a grain. Take it with a grain of salt, I guess. And um, basically, that's that was all going down. And then therefore, it was like there's nothing that went down. And then people are milking it, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, as Joe said, it's hearsay. A lot of there's, the, the police found no evidence whatsoever. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not that it's wrong or anything. It's just there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't think a lot has come out about it. At the end of the day, like. As soon as there's a little bit of doubt, uh, then yeah, it gets difficult because especially when there's when there's no like specific evidence and people are claiming they didn't hear. But at the same time, like I don't know, we've heard stuff like the stuff yeah. that we were talking. The thing is, people are commenting on our video. The stuff we were talking about was stuff we directly heard. I like yes, I will. We've st- had the exact same instance. I was in a court a lot. The stuff that we that we heard, I promise you, they would have said <laughs> that stuff that we we weren't really. The stories we were talking about last week, Micah, I know he was there for it. I hear directly from him and his entire team. Um, and they were there for it, heard everything that he said was uh, pretty much documented. Uh, and, to, and the stuff that we heard, uh, the words that were being said, like, I know, because I heard it, I was there. And, yeah. Uh, and so it's not like it's just totally like, it, that's why for us it didn't. I wouldn't say it shocked us. I think that's, that's yeah. the, at the end of the day, what, what was when we saw that story it wasn't like yeah, that's not shock. Like we've been there, we've played there plenty of times, we've heard stuff come out of you that uh, wasn't shocking. And so um, you know, from this specific incident, this is just it's difficult to say right now. Uh, I think there will be further uh, investigation, but. Yeah, from what we were talking about last week, for people who were getting upset, we were saying, that's exactly, most of the stuff we were talking about was from our experiences there. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't speaking a whole lot on her behalf of any sense, or kind of, we were just kind of giving what was out there at the time, and letting you know from our side, um, that it didn't shock us, I'll say that. I think we got off the call and we're like, yeah, that's not a surprise. Yeah. And, because we do like to listen to our fans, we do like, even if you're not a fan, just listen to our podcast or our content or anything like that. We do read the comments and whatnot, and people were claiming that we're all political. We want to pertain to this side or that side, and we've gotten that in the past. Because one thing about this podcast is we are not political whatsoever, and we don't really choose sides. We just take it with As for people, face too, value. We're not very politically. Like, yeah, we're very much like we're not like this side, this side on on politics. Like we have, I, I would say it's like definitely uh, topic to topic. Uh, based on, like, what our political beliefs are, I guess, technically, but we're not super political people. Um, and for this type of stuff, we just speak from experience. And I am telling you, everything we said was our personal experience. I'm letting you know that. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't that we were basing that, uh, basing our conversation off of how we thought she was feeling or what she was hearing, because we weren't there. And we were just kind of, like, just read the story and reacting to that. I love when Joe gets fired up. Joe, what do you got in your hands over there? I got the best electrolyte mix in the entire world. Something that fueled us for our 
summer tour uh, feels us for the entirety of the year. We have this in Europe with us. Uh, and we just had a bunch of people write to us saying that they had invested in a yeah. box of Dr. Price's electrolyte mix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the best tasting uh, things out there, especially for performance-based uh, substances, I would say, uh, in terms of just being able to hydrate, uh, provide good tasting uh, stuff that you want to drink because there's plenty of stuff out there that I just don't enjoy putting in my mouth. And this is something that I will – that sounded really weird. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo. <laughs> That's going to be clipped. Oh my god, dude! I love what you do. I shouldn't say in my mouth. I should say <laughs> in my body. That's just sounds. Hey, you understand? <laughs> Sussy. Point is, Dr. Price electrolytes. Go check it out. Link down below. There's a code. You get twenty percent off, um, and it's just worth a try. I would say try it, and uh, go from there and see see what all the hype is about. Yeah. Hey. If you like good things in your mouth, Dr. Price Electrolytes, absolutely 20% off. Hey, uh, I love when you do paid promotions because you give it your all and I love it. And I don't know where it's going, but sometimes, but it ends up with gold. With that being said, if you can't handle the heat, goddamn kitchen, this has been another episode of Shutterfly.